You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Love Cast. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Savage Love Cast, the once a week outlawed version of my skeezy ass sex advice column, Savage Love. Uh, I am Dan Savage, the author. Of Savage Love. And I am here with the tech-savvy at-risk youth in our airless, soundless, clueless room where I will dispense uh, little pearls of wisdom, sexual insights, advice, and uh, whatever else the fuck I care to blow my mouth off about in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus a free gift with most purchases, please visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. I've just broken up with a boyfriend that I had been dating for um, 13 months, just under 14 months. We've been doing long distance for about seven because my job brought me to a new state. And um, we were dating with the idea of him moving to my state once I was ready. Well, we've, you know, after seven months of long-distance dating, I thought that it was kind of like shit or get off the pot time. And I've realized that I'm not ready for him to move. Um, The biggest reason for this is because he has two young children. And um, I just don't think that... I could ever live with him leaving where his kids live um, to live with me. And um, he's also quite a bit older than me. He's 13 years older than me. Um, But it hadn't really been an issue until deciding whether or not he was going to move down. Um, So anyways, I've just recently told him that I'm not ready and I'm never going to be ready for him to leave his kids for me. And he's flipping out. Um, He's saying that he's going to come down to Colorado anyways. That's where I live now. Um, That he wants me to tell this to him, to his face. Um, I just, I don't know, the way he's acting is kind of scaring me. Like, he feels entitled for me to explain this to him, to his face, and I... I understand that because it was such a major relationship. Anyways, I don't know how to handle it because, uh, well, he knows where I'm going to be like the next couple weekends because I'm taking weekend trips for prior obligations. And he's alluded to the fact that if I don't let him come down to Colorado to um, talk about this, that he's going to find me wherever I am. I don't know. I just feel incredibly shitty because... We're breaking up for reasons that he really can't control. You know, him having children is never going to change, so I guess we kind of do it from the beginning. Anyways, I don't know if I should let him come down. I just feel like it's going to be ugly and messy if he does. Um, But the fact that I feel like I have to, like, hide from him and you know, like, avoid him and kind of all forms of communication, that that doesn't seem right to me either. So, I don't know. I just listened to your message, and uh, are you going to cry all through this conversation? 
just for, no. you know, we want you to do that for, you know, consistency's sake. We want some continuity here. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, because other people's pain is hilarious. Uh, uh, I'm very distressed for you, and I wanted to call you back right away. Okay. Well, I do have an update. Um, I spoke to a friend of mine who said that, like, totally ignoring his calls and stuff, which was... Um, advice that I had been given and I had been taking, she said that that would just like feed his powerlessness and um, like just make him more prone to acting out and wanting to like do something more to get my attention. So I did call him or no, I text messaged him and was like, listen, you know, I'm willing to talk to you. But um, these are my terms, like, you can't freak out. You can't, you know, start threatening to come down to Colorado to see me. Um, and, you know, like, said, said, we can talk at this time on this day. What, and so we did have a, he was like, okay, that's great. I really want to talk to you. Um you know, a lot more words than that, and there were a few I love yous in there, too. So, um... Do you love him? We did... Um, yes. And you're, the only reason you don't want him to move uh, to where you are and live with you and you don't want to be together is because it will mean him having to leave his small children in some situation that you don't feel is appropriate or safe? Well, there's that, and also, um... We're just at very different times in our life. Like, I'm 24. Um, my career is just starting off. I'm all over the country for my career. Okay, so it's not and it's not just the kids' issue, although that seems like it's a major part. Not only... That, that's the biggest one. Only, that one's, and you know what? It's not only, I think, that you don't want him to leave his kids to be with you, but partly you don't sound like you want to be with a man who would leave kids to be with you. Right. That's a, It's more of like a principal thing, mm -hmm. you know, like... Like, it, I just feel like that's an irreconcilable difference, you know, that he feels that, you know, like they're worth leaving or that I'm worth leaving them for. And I feel like no one should be worth that, right. you know? And that's not totally irrational because you may be reading into, you know, maybe he'll treat you the same way or if you guys have kids, treat them the same way someday. Like it, it points to something about his character that may be sort of an emotional deal breaker for you. And you know what? That's totally legit for you. You know, okay. I, you know when he says you have to let him come down there, you know, you can't stop him from coming into the state of Colorado. Right. He's not entitled to see you. He's entitled to squat. When we're dumped, we're dumped. And if the other person is kind enough to entertain our fits and listen to us beg and plead and whine um, and help us you know, work through the grief and the shock a little bit uh, by talking to us, that's entirely their choice. Right. And, okay, so and that's my question you feel Wait, if he's making you feel unsafe or threatened or that you're physically in danger seeing him, do not see him. Right. And do not yeah, he was. 
he was scaring me, but after the talk, you know, like, he seemed fine, everything was good, and then I was um, gone for the weekend, and I forgot my phone, and I get back, and there's, like, all these messages and texts again being like, you know, I said that things were okay, but I still feel like I really need to see you, you're the love of my life, yada, yada, and so now I'm wondering, okay, you know, like, I gave him the talk after the breakup that, you know, made it seem like we were getting closure, that he was going to be okay, like he seemed fine with everything, and now he's starting all this up again. And I'm wondering, like, what is my, you know, like, I do love him. Well, your duty is, you know, if you feel like it can help him get over you a little bit, to talk to you a little bit, then you should feel free to talk to him. If you feel like talking to him is just encouraging him to to believe that the pitching of future fits will keep you emotionally entangled with him and he can wheedle his way back into your bed and your life, then don't talk to him. It's kind of a judgment that you're going to have to make. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a hard one to make right now. I don't know I what say, was Somebody that. said that to me, you know, you're the love of my life. And I, it was a situation that you described where, you know, your career's taking off, you're traveling a lot, you don't approve of him leaving his kids for you. If I was in that situation, somebody said, but you're the love of my, my life, I would say, you know what, then I'll still be the love of your life in ten years or in five years. And if we're in different yeah. places in our life in five or ten years where we could perhaps get back together again, maybe we can. If we work through this now and end this now cleanly and without psycho bullshit maybe five or ten years down the road we could we you know we might be in a place where we get back together again but not if it's going to be fucking nuclear war right now we're not going to be yeah i feel like you know like i i would really love to have him as a friend and nope nope you know don't have him as a fucking friend no i mean down the road i just feel like right now what he's doing is like ruining any chance of friendship that we could have in like a year you know what sometimes people do that to cauterize the wound Sometimes yeah. people go scorched earth when a relationship ends because they don't want, you know, because that's what they want. They want the relationship or they want nothing at all. And so they're going to, yeah. you know, knock down every building and pour salt on the earth. It's going to be Carthage. All right? And if that <laughs> happens, like, let them do it. But if at any point you feel physically unsafe, yeah, no contact with him, tell him you're going to the cops. Okay. Okay? Okay. Yeah, Dan, thank you so much. I I feel so honored to, you know, be getting advice from you. I love your show. I love you. I love everything you stand for. Thanks. And now everybody out there listening knows how to immediately get a call back from me is just to blubber your way through the message. I know. I'm sorry. It was just, like, so close to the event, and I was my emotions were a little crazy. No worries. But no thank worries. you so much. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 24-year-old straight female, and I just got out of a two-year relationship where I consider myself to be the one who was dumped. I was very much in love with this guy and was anticipating that the relationship would progress toward marriage. Um, But as soon as he decided um, that he loved me but was not in love with me and he didn't think he wanted to marry me, I immediately moved across country. Since the breakup, I've been dating a little bit and realized that I'm not really over my ex yet, so I'm not looking for anything serious. Recently, another ex um, has gotten back in touch with me, and while saying he just wanted to be friends, came out to my new city, and while he was here, we ended up having sex. Um, We had a long conversation about how I wasn't ready for anything serious and wasn't over my ex, um, and how we could still just be friends but with benefits. 
and he completely agreed with that. He went home and since then has been writing me emails about how he knows I'm not ready yet to talk about anything, um, but wants to get back together eventually. Having already dated this guy, I know that I would not want to pursue a relationship with him even if I were ready. Um, he's planning on coming out to see me again in a couple weeks. I've tried to make it clear that while I enjoy sex with him, I'm not looking for anything more. Should I continue to let him come out and see me when I know he wants more out of our arrangement than I'm willing to give? Don't give people false hopes, particularly uh, with your genitals. If he regards the sex as uh, and the friends with benefits situation and the seeing you as the route back into your good graces and your heart and your bed and your life and a relationship, and you know it and you know that's how he regards it, and you fuck him, you are encouraging him in this erroneous belief that he has any chance with you uh, for something long term. Now that you know that that's how he feels, now that you know that that's what the sex means to him, you are ethically and morally required to refrain from fucking him because it's only encouraging what are false hopes on his parts. And you don't want to do that because it's a mean, low-down, skanky, horrible, rotten, shitty, fucked up, nasty, no good, rotten, terrible thing to do. But you shouldn't have to go without casual sex uh, during this, you know, healing period of your life where you're getting over this ex who used that bullshit line that I hate so much. He loved me, but not in love with me. I don't know what that means. Uh, there are plenty of other straight guys out there who would love to have casual sex with a young, hot, not looking for strings attached uh, girl like you. Go fuck some of them and leave this other guy out of it. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products to spice up your love life or surprise a special someone. Adamandeve.com has a great selection of toys, lingerie, and movies. 10 million customers love the quality, the fast and discreet shipping, and the 100% satisfaction guarantee. Visit adamandeve.com today and receive 50% off most any item of your choice, plus a free gift for the purchase of $17 or more. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. This is Jay. I'm 29 years old, and I'm gay. Um, last year, I started this job and you know, at a counseling facility, and, you know, I got to know one of the counselors there, a male counselor, and he seemed really cool, and I've always wondered about him. I mean, you know, this is the age-old question, you know, is he gay or is he straight? How could you tell? I mean, most gay guys, you know, have this thing called the gaydar, and they have this hidden talent where they can just tell right off um, through body language or whatnot. But I guess for me, it doesn't work that way. So, um, as I got to know him earlier this year, you know, I'm still not sure, you know, I still can't, I can't tell whether he's gay or straight. I mean, I remember one conversation we had about um, our weekend, and I asked him what he did on his weekend, and he said that, you know, he went out drinking with his buddies, not his friends, but buddies. It's always, you know, he always um, refers to his friends as his buddies, like my drinking buddy or my guy buddy. And I remember him saying, yeah, we went fishing, um, you know, we went camping and we went fishing with some buddies of mine, and he never uses the word friends, so I don't know if that's any indication or any hint that he's trying to hide something or he's just trying to be ambiguous, and it's just killing me. So, you know, I have this crush on this guy, and I, I don't know if I should tell him the truth, I should ask him out, or, I mean, I should just tell him. I mean, I'm just so um, afraid that 
I might offend him because you know how some guys are. You might think that they're gay and they're like, oh, no, I'm not gay. And then they get all defensive. So, you know, I'm kind of stuck. So I don't know what to do. I'm always amazed that people who are brave enough to stick a dick in their ass, for instance, are too cowardly just to ask somebody if he's gay. There's two things you want to know about this guy. And you need to separate them. You need to have two separate conversations, two separate questions. Is he gay? And if he is gay, would he like to go out on a date with you? You can avoid the embarrassment of asking him out on a date and then finding out he's straight and you're not qualified to be uh, his date just by casually finding out if he's gay. Particularly in the counseling field, it's not a a, a particularly offensive question or from left field or uh, it's not going to be any fucking bolt from the blue. And you can accomplish it just by telling him you're gay, dot, dot, dot. Usually when somebody comes out to somebody who's gay, the gay person offers up the news about himself too if it's not all out there on the table and it's as long as it is. So just tell him you're gay. It comes up in conversation easily and frequently. Uh, you tell him what you're doing this weekend. I went to the gay bars with my friends. Ta-da, you're out. And then you can literally turn to somebody, and I've done this, and say, are you gay? It's not illegal to ask somebody about their sexual orientation. If it turns out he is gay, you can have conversations about the guys you've dated, the guys he's dated. You can find out probably a little bit about his type, find out if you qualify, and then maybe once all your cards are on the table and you're out and he's out, you can ask him out. Hey, Dan. Um, My name's Katie. I am a 23-year-old lesbian. And my problem concerns my older brother. You see, I'm 23, he's 26. We're both gay, and we're the only kids our parents have. And, which gave us both a lot of hang-ups about coming out of the closet. Um, I came out close to two, about two years ago, and things are going out really great. You know, my father nearly killed me, but then to make up for it, he bought, a car, bought me a car. Um, so things, you know, balanced out. I got... I'm actually driving my, I'm sorry, I forget when you came out of the closet car, as we speak. But my brother has, I delayed my coming out for a couple years because I was going to wait for my brother to finish coming out. But then he kind of made it clear he did not intend to. He came up to my mother, came up to me, and decided it was in his best interest not to come up to my dad or to wait until he could out of the house because my dad love him to death, he has temper, and I'm not going to lie, I would be kind of scared to live with him, too. Uh, The only reason I came out to him is because I knew the next day I was driving two hours away, and I wouldn't have to live with him immediately afterwards. But it's, I mean, it's difficult because now he's starting to talk like he's never going to come out to our father. Like, he's going to cut our father out of his life, and then that'll be that. And I don't know how to convince him that it's worth having a relationship with our father because things will actually be better with him and dad when he comes out. And as well, it's hard. It's hard on me. I know it's got to be hard on our mother, who I know for a period of time drove herself into a state of denial. I don't know where she stands on my brother's homosexuality. Now that I've come out, I don't know if she has managed to completely push to the back of her mind and is dealing with the one gay kid or if she is happy with her queer, queer fucking children. But what do I do? How do I? I'm because I'm in the closet too. 
in that regard. Me and my mother are sort of hanging out in the closet about my brother. And there are conversations I can't have with my brother in front of my dad. I want to be all the way out. <laughs> Not just about myself, but I'm just I'm tired of hiding. Uh, hi again, Savage. Hi, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? Good. Is your brother still a cowardly closet case? Uh, yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure that the, the advice I'm cooking up for you in my head is still relevant. Uh, yeah. Um, th- th- there are two ironies here. First of all, uh, for fear of your father rejecting him, and, uh, you know, the fears aren't entirely unreasonable, particularly if your father was violent with you when you came out, your brother's just going to preemptively reject his father, cut his father out of his life. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, he's saying, if I came out to my father, it would destroy our relationship, so I'm just going to destroy my relationship. Um, yeah, basically. And doing away with any chance that they could have a relationship. And, I, you know, you see cowardly closet cases do this a lot. I could never come out to my parents because it would destroy a relationship. That's why I don't have any relationship with my parents. So you guarantee the destruction of the relationship because you assume that, you know, destruction is a possibility. Even if there's a 95% chance that your relationship will be destroyed with your parents when you come out, uh, there's a 5% chance it won't. Yeah. So why not choose the 5% chance of a successful adult relationship with your parents over the 100% certainty of no relationship with them if you never come out? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you said all these things to your brother, and you should make him listen to this call. Um, um, yeah, he listens to the podcast, so well, here, let's, talk, let's talk to him. Um, it's unfair what he's done to you and your mother. When you come out yeah. to people selectively like that, particularly in a family, you're not coming out. You're just inviting them in to the closet with you, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's unfair and it's untenable, uh, and it's and he can't put you guys in the, that position indefinitely and forever. It's too hard for you guys to censor yourselves continually and perpetually in front of your your dad and your your mom's husband and your mom yeah. in front of her husband because your brother's chicken shit. I mean, what really sucks about it was when he came out. I was still in high school and I held his hand the whole time when he came out to mom. And then when I said, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to come up to mom and dad, he made sure he wasn't in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's not very nice. Yeah, well, I understand why he did it, because he was so afraid of implicating himself, but it really sucks. I sort of advocated for him when he came out to mom, and then when I came out, he ran away. Well, he needs to step up. And, 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 you know... Relationships between fathers and sons when sons came out, that can be really fraught. If he watched your father react violently to your coming out, his fears aren't necessarily unreasonable. Yeah, I know. And you may have to be the mediator here and once again hold the hands even though he was too afraid to do that for you when you came out. Yeah. Um, I would, if I were him, uh, perhaps if I were you, he should deputize you to go come out to dad on your behalf. Like, Mm -hmm. if he can't face fucking being in the room, help him write the letter. Make the phone call. Tell him you're going to let it slip. Tell, warn him that eventually it's going to slip. Because that's not the kind of secret that keeps. Yeah. And you know what? If he's prepared to cut his father out of his life, so fucking what then, if dad knows he's gay? Mm Mm-hmm. What has he got to, what has he got to lose? I don't know. (laughs) He's got nothing to lose as far as I'm concerned, just convincing him that. Well, this is what I would do if I were you, and I'm not telling you to do this because it's kind of unfair. I would give my brother, if I were a 23-year-old lesbian with a closet case brother, and who would put, put my mother and me in the position that you and your mom are in, I would say to my brother, you have six months. If you haven't okay. come out in six months, I'm outing you. 
Okay. And if Dad reacts violently, you get a car. <laughs> so it's not all bad. Yeah. Well, it might not necessarily work that way. <laughs> Why not? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I'm a girl. I'm his, I, th- I think part of it was, okay, well, she's my little girl. She needs a car. I've acted badly. And I don't think it'll quite, with the gender difference, I think it won't quite work that way. Right. And it's going to be harder for your brother because your father's probably loaded a bunch of expectations about grandchildren and shit and genetics yeah. upon him after you came out. Oh, definitely. So, I, I think we can both appreciate, and we should both state for the record, that we that it's going to be hard on your brother, maybe harder for your brother, and it's going to be ugly, but mm-hmm. he's got to man up and, and, and come out. Yeah. Because And if he wasn't ever going to come out, he should never have started to come out. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it'll be a lot more effective when he hears it coming from you. <laughs> what did he expect to hear from me? Oh, yeah, never tell Dad. Run away. Live yeah. with unicorns. <laughs> Where nobody ever has to come out. No, no, he needs to come out. Uh, unfair. All right, thank you. Okay, talk to you later. Hey, Dan, uh, this is uh, David. I'm uh, calling with um, a story and a question, I guess. Uh, last night I got calls from my ex. Well, actually, they're still dating. She might become my ex. That's the issue. She was drunk. She seemed in trouble. I worked nights, so I just told my boss I was sick, clocked out. Drove um, like for an hour because she lives uh, far away to where she was at. We met at a Denny's um, through um, finagling uh, and basic observation. I found out she hooked up with some other dude. Uh, apparently, uh, she only got head from him, but either way, you know, it's cheating. Um, okay, so what else? I spent the night at her place. Uh, she was with her parents. Um, we ended up hooking up. It was this hot sex where, like, we were both, you know, trying to keep quiet because we don't want to wake up mom and dad. In the morning, we were just kind of, like, both kind of really sad and scared. Um, our relationship before that was great. Um, we've been dating for six months. We were talking about moving in, testing the waters to see if we can do the big uh, heterosexual marriage, which apparently is the only legal kind, unfortunately, for you. And, uh, well, not unfortunately, if you want to stay a bachelor, I'm sure your husband and kids won't like that, but whatever. Um, I'm ambling. Okay, so, yeah, we were doing great. Um, I hooked up once, well, only made out, but I uh, was um, one of my friends, and uh, she retaliated by making out with uh, that guy. So... Yeah, so here it is. She's uh, cheated on me, I guess, twice. Although once I don't consider making out really cheating um, with uh, that dude. I um, had one slip up, but I was pretty in control because, yeah, I could have had everything I wanted, I think, but I stopped. And uh, and I left it to just kissing. Um. I'm crazy about the girl I'm seeing. She broke my heart. Hey. How are you? Uh, better, but yeah, things are straightening out a little bit. Oh, they are? Is there, have there been developments? Do we need an update? Yeah, you do, actually. Do we need a sober so, update that's not quite as long and rambling? Definitely. <laughs> so, basically, kind of like, we just talked things over, and I decided to give her a second chance. 
because I think you once said, you know, if you can't give a second chance to the people you love, what's the point, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Like, I, know, I guess as you get older, relationships become more intense. How old after. are you? I'm like 29. She's 32. Oh, and, and you all live at um, home? You're 29 and 32 and you live at home with mom? She lives at home. I, she lives at home. I live, like, in um, an apartment by myself. Okay. I thought you were it's teenagers. <laughs> no, that's the weird thing. It feels like, you know, we're, like, teens. We've even talked about it. This is, like... It sounds like, you know, like you're a teen, like, the way you use, like, every other word, like... You should work on that. I know. I know. I should work on my uh, diction. But, well, I don't know. I, never, I wasn't expecting you to call. Uh, yeah, other than that, it's, things are better. Um, well, here's really what... Stop, stop, stop. So you were dating for six months. She cheated on you with some other guy. You cheated on her with some other girl. You know what? That's probably okay. It's only been six months. You haven't made any sort of formal commitment to each other. You're neither engaged nor are you married, and you're not living together. So that you're still hedging your bets a little bit and seeing what else is out there is not a cardinal sin. You know, once upon a time, before the whole world lost its mind, people used to date more than one person at a time if not necessarily fuck the shit out of them, but people used to date, you know, they would be dating several people until they decided to get serious about one person. So, you know, er, that early in a relationship, before there's been any sort of formal commitment, that the both of you strayed a little bit, shouldn't be regarded as as necessarily a deal-breaker on either end. Thanks. Okay. You're the only voice of reason I've heard so far, so... <laughs> well, the, the real test is, you know, as things progress and you guys say, okay, we're exclusive, no getting head from other people for her, no making out with strange women for you, and can you hew to that? And then what you need to think about, you know, moving into any sort of long-term serious commitment is are either of you really cut out for completely exclusive monogamous relationship land? And if you're well, not, be honest about it and say, you know, our relationship's always going to involve a little bit of messiness around the edges, but hopefully, you know, with other people, let's keep it really occasional, very occasional, rare, and, uh, you know, maybe just limited to head or making out an occasional grope or something with somebody else when opportunity presents itself, but as uh, rarely as humanly possible. And then to identify that, you know, occasional straying as not something that means if and when it happens that you have to leave each other over it. And then when it does happen, you'll be less likely to leave each other over it. And you'll have a successful relationship, even if it does occasionally involve some other guy eating your girl out. Well, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about. Thanks for calling, man. Sure thing. Uh, Good luck with it. Hey, Dan. I'm a 24-year-old gay man from Virginia. had a quick story for you. I was on the Metro yesterday listening to your love cast, and I was getting excited by your election monologue when I got a text message from not other than Senator Barack Obama. I wanted to make sure all my fellow listeners know to go to www.voteforchange.com to get voter registration info. That's www.voteforchange.com. I'm sure you meant to, but I don't think you... uh, Put it out there. Also, Dan, I just wanted to say thanks for the great advice. I've never called you uh, for advice personally, but for all those who have and hadn't said thank you, well, uh, and thanks. I thought about calling you back to ask you just how awesome you think Barack Obama is, uh, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to encourage everyone to go to voteforchange.com, register to vote. Uh, we're all going to be voting in less than a month. Go fucking register to vote, you fucking fucks. 
pull your pants up, get the dick out of your mouth, register to vote, vote, please. Also go to BarackObama.com and give the man some fucking money. All the right-wing douchebags in America are pouring money into John McCain's campaign and into 527s that are attacking Barack Obama uh, for bullshit reasons and trying to encourage uh, wavering Democrats, also known as racist, potentially Democrats. Just go fucking give some money to Barack Obama, register to vote, vote for Barack Obama. Thank you for calling 24-year-old gay in Virginia, which is a swing state this year, thanks to Barack Obama. And that is where we're going to leave it because I will, I will ramble too. Like, you know, like rambling is like contagious occasionally. Uh, and I apologize. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question for a future show, please give us a buzz. Try to keep your question under a minute or two and include a phone number in case we want to call you back for a follow up. Once again, that number. 206-201-2720 you download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com and me and the tech savvy at risk youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the savage Logcast. word as the kids were only too recently saying 